What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate. Now, look, again, y'all know what it is. Y'all should know by now, okay? We've been doing this thing for a few weeks. But again, if you don't know, you're about to know. Living Corporate has partnered with Accenture to feature some of their most black and brown senior black and brown managing directors to share their journeys. My hope is you listen to these, check them out, and you peep the links in the show notes to learn more about each of them, including our interview for the day, today, Ra Thomas. Ronald Ra Thomas is a managing director in Accenture's infrastructure operations practice with over 15, that's right, 15 years of experience. His primary focus is digital workforce transformation and infrastructure transformation to the cloud. Okay, that sounds like super fancy. I recognize, you know what I'm saying? But just come on, vibe with me. Ra is also the national co-lead for the African-American Employee Resource Group. He works across all inclusion and diversity work streams, meeting with senior executives to improve recruitment, progression, and retention of top talent. Okay, so this interview is going to be dope. Listen, okay, he got the insight. He got the juice. He has the technical know-how, the background, and he's plugged into these spaces to have the real conversations. Okay, that's why I'm really excited to talk to Ryan today. The core to both of these positions is seeing past the optics and standard view of people, process, technology, and then streamlining that into maximizing the real underlying value. Okay. With that being said, let's get to it. Ra, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Man, I'm feeling great out here, man. Feeling blessed. Feeling blessed. Amen. Amen. So look, for those of us who don't know you, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, 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 man. I'm uh, from the Bronx, New York. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, I think by day, I'm a managing director or partner for Accenture. I lead some of our diamond clients in technology and innovation. And then I also run, I'm the National African American Employee Resource Group for, uh, for Accenture, sort of helping shape our major diversity initiatives. That's incredible. So, look, can we talk a little, can you unpack that a bit? Like, you have, you just said that you're one of the major partners for your diamond clients. And then you said you're the national lead for the, the African American ERG. So, those are two huge roles. Can you talk a little bit about both of those and what those actually mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think um, I think that being being on the technical side, I think that's sort of my craft, right? So I do I do cloud, right? I do service management, digital workplace automation, sort of helping do innovation for our clients. I have about four or five diamond clients that I help sort of push the line of innovation, which is which is a great segue into what I do from a diversity and inclusion perspective because I help our people of color. Not, I mean, I I'm the African American lead, but I work with our Latinos. I work with our pride. I work with um, all of our uh, diversity and inclusion folks and I help sort of shape that you know like what is it from our targeted perspective what how, how do we here we handle things like escalations things of that nature so I go across the gamut nationally for all that that's incredible and you know I love that because I love the fact that you when you talk about the fact that you're working across because I think while every um, experience every non-white experience is unique there is uh, there's commonality in uh, in, in the fact that and there's commonality in being a uh, some type of just not having a non-white experience, a non-majority experience. And mm-hmm. so the fact that you're working across there is beautiful. And in fact, what I also think is interesting, and I'm late to the game, Rob, um, I didn't really learn until I was like in high school or college that um, that the, the, the black diaspora spreads so far. So like yeah. when, you talk, when you talk about partnership across <laughs> the Latin, Latinx spaces, so many Latinx folks are also black. Right. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, so my wife is Ecuadorian and my kids. So I was like trying to trying to sort of help my children grow up and 
stuff like that it's 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 it's, it's fierce out here it is it is yeah yeah, yeah for sure um so <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about a panel you were on last september um for black enterprise you participated in what they called it was a real conversation about succeeding while black and the dangers of truth and perception in corporate America. So again, you keep dropping bombs and that's kind of been a, that's been really <laughs> frankly a theme across all of these, uh, all of these leadership uh, interviews. But can you talk about what brought that discussion and what that discussion was really about? Can you unpack that a bit? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, so I know you can't really see me out here, you know, but, but I mean, I'm, I am a black man with, with dreadlocks Yes, sir. and, and I am a partner at the number one consulting firm in America uh, globally, actually. Right. Um, so the challenges that I had to sort of come against, you know, I got kicked out of boardrooms. I've had some real, real experiences and, and I, had, I had to talk about sort of some of the authenticity that I had to bring to the table being unapologetically black, however, still giving way for comfortability for people to understand my point of view and helping them innovate and move their their bottom line so it it was really a dialogue about you know how do you do that while trying to break the glass ceiling which keeps changing glass ceiling rubber ceiling concrete ceiling um you know it it keeps changing on you right so trying to unpack all of that so it was it was a good discussion with a lot of successful black men but we, we delve into that so, so, so now wait a minute. Now you know, Ra, I can't let you just slide that by. <laughs> you said you got kicked out of a boardroom. Yeah, man. You got. I need to. I, I need to hear that. I got. <laughs> oh, you trying to storytell out here, I, man? I mean, you you, <laughs> you opened the door. I'm trying to understand how you got kicked. I want to hear that story. Well, I mean, it was just you know. I, I think I'm 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 one of the best at what I do, and I'm confident. And I walked in with my client, and I was like, "Listen, this is what we got." And and uh, you know, my client's boss, who was a C level executive, was like, "What are you doing in boardroom here with dreadlocks?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, times are changing." And he was like, "Hmm," you know. And then uh, and then I started my presentation. He was like, "Listen, you sit down." He was like, "Actually, don't don't say another word, or you'll never work for this company again." And I was like, "What?" And my client was like, "Yo, Rob, hey." Back down a little bit, back down. So, uh, so I let it ride. But um, and, and that that experience, which was just crazy, wasn't the the crux of why I, I mean, I mean, it had an experience on me, but it was how my company responded to it that really pushed me to be like, yeah, this is what I need to do. Um, wow. Because what what happened was after that, then my company then came to me and said, hey, Rob, if you don't ever want to work in this space again, we don't have to do that. We know you're good at what you do. We know that you can change the world and in innovation. So if you don't want to work with this client anymore, we don't have to. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. Dang, that's crazy. So the client so the client was talking to you crazy, and then Accenture was looking back at the client like, <laughs> Yeah, just like that. Exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. So, okay. Okay. Well, look, I know that was, you know, a non, it really wasn't a non sequitur because you opened the door and I wanted to hear about how that happened. Um, okay. So in my experience, in the instances where there are black and brown folks who make it to senior executive roles, they're often leading in like a technical specialty, right? So they solve from, this is from what I've seen, right? I'm not saying this is the, the way yeah. of life. I'm saying this is something I have observed. So they observe a particular problem. Um, and they solve a particular problem in a particular way. So I believe your role is a little bit different in that you're having to lead strategic conversations and work to connect the dots across a variety of specialties to deliver the most effective solutions. Can we talk a little bit about your experience, uh, your experiences in such a connected and integrated role and what you've learned in navigating these spaces? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing about it is right now, I think folks don't folks can't see the future. 
folks cannot see the future right now. And if you look at it, 50% of the Fortune 500 companies over the past 15 years have gone bankrupt. Um, so right now, they're all scrambling, right? Normally, they like to look around 5, 10, 15, 20 years in advance. And they can't see that. At any given time, a Google or an Uber can pop up and change the game. So right now, all of these senior executives are really looking and saying, hey, we need to absolutely tap the best of people. We need to tap the best talent, period. We don't care if it is white talent. We don't care if it is black, Latino, Puerto Rican, Asian, whatever, right? We need the best talent because we don't know where that next idea is going to come from. Yeah. So that, that's prime for diversity right now, right? That's that's where we live. Um, so so I think that that's sort of at the crux of where we're at right now. So I, I guess I understand from a technical perspective, I'm good at what I do right. and what I have to do. I have to reinvent myself every three or four years. So I got to keep being on the edge of things. But more than ever, I have to I, I, I wear the extra hat to inspire other people to be authentic so that they can unpack that untapped potential because they might have the next great idea. And it might come from a hardworking single mother who's been doing 15 years working at Target, trying to you know do one, two, three at Target as a manager, raising three or four kids in the Bronx. And that single mother might come up with the great new idea that runs the world. So it's like understanding that you have to you have to think differently about how you do business. No, that's incredible. You're so right, because technology with technology brings a certain level of like a democratization of innovation. Right. Like it's not it's not just going to be reserved for this certain group over here. The, the access is opening up. Um, and that really I'm curious about this. What does it look like for you being in the position that you are to? What does it look like for you to create access for other black and brown folks that are coming behind you like what does it look like as, for you to lift as you climb and, and how does that practically work in your position i mean i think yeah i mean one it, i mean like i said i started the call with i'm blessed right i mean i'm blessed because god has given me the opportunity to actually have the ability to create opportunities for people right i mean which is it's it just it, it's amazing and i actually you know i got put on i advise um, corporate CEOs and I'm advising our CEO, I'm advising our C-suite and letting them know, hey, listen, um, you know, this is what a population is feeling and this is how a population wants to evolve. And they're like, and they're listening. They're actually coming to the table and they're like, wait, we had no clue. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's enlightening. It's enlightening and, and humbling. That's incredible. That's, that's, that's awesome. So you know, it's interesting to that point. We, we're seeing shifts in how we're being represented. I would say as millennials continue to expand their corporate footprint, uh, we're seeing the largest group of black and brown leaders in the workplace. Right. So like millennials, we're not the youngest, sexiest kids on the block no more. I'm mm -hmm. the sexiest kids. That's mad problematic. Uh, you know what I mean, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what three points of advice would you give to young leaders today? Hmm. All right. So I would say uh, three things. I would say be authentic, be vulnerable and have the dialogue. OK, but but I got almost have to unpack that, please. <laughs> right. So I say be authentic. You got to say it with your chest. Right. Be unapologetically black or Latino. Be whoever you are, because it is it is that thing that might propel you to the next, um, you know, next plateau. Um, be vulnerable because sometimes when you share some of these deep stories and you and you work through, I started sharing about stories about my family and all of a sudden I got, you know, a, a, a Jewish person in middle America is like, wow, wait a minute. That same thing happened to me. I'm like, whoa, really? So you start, you start doing that. You start connecting with people and then have the dialogue because I'll bet it might be uncomfortable, but you have to have the conversation. We owe it to our ancestors to have the conversation and build these connections because sometimes people don't actually know. That's what ignorance, ignorance is 
the definition of ignorance is not knowing right so people don't actually know and if you if you can sit down if you can muster within yourself to sit down and have that dialogue man you can really really change the world man we owe it to our we owe it to our ancestors hold on <laughs> I had to drop that. man come on man we owe it to our ancestors man that's real man um so let me let me pause for a second so because we had these questions you talk about the fact that you talk about uh, you said earlier about being unapologetic in who you are. Mm-hmm. Do you have any practical examples of coaching that you've given somebody? I'm not asking you to out nobody um, mm-hmm. around like what is what is some advice you would give in terms of how folks can be more unapologetic? Because we've had episodes and the reason I ask is because we have, we've had episodes in the past where we talk about respectability politics, right? Like the the concept that if you behave, dress, speak a certain way, that majority folks will forget that you're not in the majority that in some way that is some type of covering or camouflage for you what does it look like for you when you give coaching and advice and uh, uh, and direction and guidance to 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 black and brown folks at Accenture uh, what does that look like for you to encourage them to actually be themselves because you've talked yeah, about think, it a little bit. I want to hear. You want you, you want the meat, right? Please, please. <laughs> you know, it's. I think it, it, it it's actually different, right? And, I, and I'm learning. I want you to. You know, I'm not. I'm not the the full expert on it because I think that I have to be humble and learn on it. But um, I think that there's, there's there's it's different for black and it's different for Latino, right? For black, um, which is one and the same. Uh, that. it's more about the visual aspect right and bringing your authentic self from a from a visual perspective and then from latino you have to recognize that it's it's bringing us authentic self from a listening in 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 a audible perspective right so i try to make sure that as i'm coaching folks um i try to take it multiple lenses but i feel like me doing what i do can unconsciously give you the ability to do what you do and i I think i went to i I was lead i was a keynote for one of these speakers um at at a women's uh, empowerment conference and and uh I, i went there and i wore my ecuadorian jersey and I had my suit coat on and I'm and people are like, wait, what is he doing? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm being me. I'm wearing my Ecuadorian jersey and I'm wearing my suit coat and I got my shoes on yes. and I'm me. Right. But but it was so amazing. And I even I talked about my father being in prison. I talked about mm-hmm. some of the crazy things. And people were like, you know, how many people came up to me and said, wow, wait, you're in corporate America and you got family members that are in prison. Oh, wait, you're in corporate America. And wow, I mean, I had transgender. I had everybody come up to me saying, wow, like I want to talk to you about my situation. And I was like, pow. But it was it was me being able to be myself, unlock other people's ability to be themselves. If that makes sense. No, it does. And you're absolutely right, Ross. So I know for me. Coming in, I'm first. I'm one of the first men in my family, on my mom's side of the family, to start and graduate uh, from college, and I'm one of the few people in my entire family in corporate America. So, not really seeing a model of what, how to, how to practice authenticity, you know, in my immediate familial circle, coming into the workplace and seeing an example of that, it is empowering. And like, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you will never forget. You'll never forget those experiences or those when you see it. Um, and so that's that's incredible. Um, cool. This has been. Dope. I was gonna say, was gonna say wait. I was gonna say wait. Like, like it's almost like the the line where um, where uh, you know we're keeping it real goes wrong. Yes, we have to almost combine that with recognizing like wait wait we're keeping it real goes right. Real talk because well a lot of us a lot of times we think that if you know if, if we do something too wrong it's gonna be like 
right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like whoa, yeah. what's this bitch doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> but 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 it's it's not, right? Like we actually have we actually have a lot more power um, than we than, than I think we've been in some ways conditioned to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so so last so I got uh, just a couple more. So now you've also talked about the fact that you sit down with executives, you're having these conversations, they're actually listening to you. Based on your experiences, what would you say that organizations who are seeking to improve their engagement with black and brown talent, what are some things that they need to be thinking about and considering as they if, if, if that's a pivot or a move they're trying to make as they as they seek to be more diverse and inclusive? Yeah, definitely. So I think I think the first thing is there is a lack of trust um, from a black community with corporate America across the board. Um, so I think the first thing that you need to do in order to start building that trust is transparency. So when we start talking about um, the demographics, we start talking about compensation, we start talking about numbers, we start talking about um, you know what what are our targets to make sure we can change things. That level of transparency is the start of a conversation. Right. It's not it's not at the end of all like, hey, no, we, we published numbers and demographics. We're there. It's really around the start. And then the next thing is that we need to start talking about, hey, what is good really look like? What is the utopia of of the world really look like in corporate America? And how do we really achieve that? And, and making sure that we're I, 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 we just did a leadership conference this past week and I learned something completely new about transgender and, and the fact that they're struggling with bathrooms. And I'm like, wow, wasn't even thinking about it. Right. right. So it's like we have to listen to our people. So, mm-hmm. yes, be transparent and publish your information and start getting that level of transparency. But then second is sit down and listen. And when you start listening, what? no you're you're absolutely right it's and it's it's funny because and by funny i mean it's frustrating and oftentimes um infuriating that you know when when black and brown folks when non-white cis um heterosexual folks when they're sitting down able-bodied non-able-bodied disabled people when folks in the minority speak up and they share their experiences like there's that's a there's a, a huge level of emotional labor mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. come with that so i agree with you it's imperative that if if you're going to have folks who have the courage to ex- to share something it's it's not enough just to kind of nod and be like i empathize it's, mm-hmm. a, it's about okay well how do we meet you and figure out ways to actually sh- make sure that our our culture is um, inducive to you being comfortable and thriving here right yeah. So, so can I drop? I'm gonna drop one more on you, right? Come here. on. So, <laughs> so you pulling me out? Bring them out. Bring them out. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so I think that um, that um, it, it's not enough to be unapologetically black. Um, you have to also uh, accept those that are authentic in their world when it conflicts with yours. Okay, I'm gonna throw that back one more time. Say one more right? time. <laughs> right, right. It's because you can't let other people's inability to comprehend your greatness define how you're going to be great. But you have to give them way to be themselves as well. Because if we can't, um, if we can't understand uh, their opposition, then we, they will we, they will never be able to understand our plight. 
So we have to come down to the table and say, listen, I need to talk to you. And I understand that everything you stand for is against what I stand for. But let's sit down and have a conversation. And when you do that, you're like, wait, we got more in common than we have, you know, uh, apart. Right. And that's when you start building bridges and connections. I love that. And and I would imagine, Rob, because of the role in which you sit, you know, again, you're, you're an MD for diamond clients. So you're having to work with all types of folks every day. Yes, so, sir. And so yeah. it's about it's about that relationship building. Um, I'm gonna go off script one more time. So <laughs> when I think about, <laughs> so I think about your brand, and I and I've seen and I've I, I know what you look like, right? I looked on LinkedIn. I've seen the I've seen um, the video where you talk about your hair and you talk about your your faith. Um, you know what does it look like to to manage? To manage relationships with folks who who are who who are not who have not ex, who are not expecting um, a rah when they when when you walk through the door and and really what does it also look like when you considering your your position and your influence and your authority what does it look like to really manage relationships with folks who may not be comfortable uh, with a black I'm just say frankly with a black man telling them what to do or telling them what he thinks frankly like what is that. What does that look like? How do you like I'm, I'm really curious about that because I worked at Accenture some years ago and I only knew like a handful of MDs at the time um, and none of them were cows. Um, yeah. So so I'm really like this has been a question I've actually been wanting to ask just <laughs> for myself. I've been wanting to know this personally. Like, what does that look like? Because I'm just I, I just believe that the folks that are running the diamond accounts. I'm sorry. The folks that are that are these the, these executives, they're not used to. I just don't think that they're used to a black person telling them what they should be doing. So I'm, I'm just, I want to know. I really do. Yeah. So I got, I got to answer that in two ways, right? So, so first, I got to say, sometimes I walk into a room and I sit down and I try to plug in my laptop and I crawl on the desk and plug in my computer and you get up and I've had people be like, hey, can you go fix the projector for me? And I'm like, wait. Um, I'm actually the dude who's presenting, <laughs> right, right? You know, <laughs> right? So you you have to you you can't get discouraged by that part, yeah. right? Yeah. So so that's the one hand that you have to experience, and you have to you can't be like you can't get mad and get your aggressions out. You can't do that, right? Okay. Okay. Because because then I've also experienced a white male Catholic, you know. Uh, uh, dude to invite me to a male empowerment movement in the middle of America Ooh. and I went in there and he was, I was like wait why is he asking me to go here this could be dangerous straight up. right straight up <laughs> they'd be like they'd be like hey we'll, we'll go meet you out in the middle of the woods you'd be like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying right but I, but I went out there and I went out there and I walked into this meeting and, and there was about 20 25 white males and they walked up to me and they gave me a hug and I was like, what, what, what is, what is, oh, I'm wow. from New York. What's going on here? <laughs> right. And, and they started sharing stories and they started giving me insights in my life. Like I travel a lot and they were like, yo, Hey, if you travel a lot, you know, you should call your daughter on FaceTime so that she doesn't get disconnected from you. I'm like, wow. Oh. And I'm like, wait, why am I connecting with these white male Catholic middle America Republican folks right. more than I'm connecting with some of these people that are in the hood that are trying to do different things? Right. right. So I'm like, right. wait, you actually have to sit down and have the dialogue. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, man, you are fun, man. I, I, I'm loving this. Uh, OK, <laughs> this has been dope. Uh, before we get out of here, any parting words or shout outs? 
Yo, uh, this is this is dedicated to the youth, respectfully dedicated, onward and upward. Hey, fine. Sorry, I had to throw that out there. Uh, but yeah, man, I just I, I appreciate it. I, I do this for the people, and uh, yeah, I just appreciate you having me on the, on the show, man. Man, I appreciate you as well. And man, look, we gotta, we you know we dropped a couple of flex bombs. You know, I've been working on this soundboard, <laughs> so I'm trying to like I'm trying to like really make add a little pizzazz to the show. You know what I'm saying? So I'm also gonna drop these real quick. <laughs> oh man oh man rob we consider you a friend of the show and uh man i hope we can have you back definitely definitely man thanks for having me man. all right peace all right peace living corporate is a podcast by living corporate llc our logo was designed by david dawkins our theme music was produced by ken brown Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.